Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, and thanks for listening to the Big Talker Podcast of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Live from the home studio in Washington, D.C. Yep, we've moved it indoors here. And uh, I think like everybody else, trying to adjust and do things in a different way. But that's okay. Got to be flexible. Uh, The phone number remains 516-418-5635-516-418-5635. If you'd like to be a part of the program, you can also send us a uh, note on our chat room here in the Blog Talk Radio Network if you're listening to the show live today, online from wherever you are. Mike Margolis is our guest for this segment, and he's a uh, sports psychology consultant, mental trainer, and I thought it would be interesting to talk to Mike about winning the mental game as everyone is completely upended how they do what they do. Uh, we can probably use some help with this more than ever. So we'll welcome Mike Margolis to the, the program. Hey, Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me on today. Well, that's my pleasure. Where in the world are you, and are you and your family staying safe and healthy? Well, I'm uh, alone uh, in uh, a suburb of, suburb of Dallas, Texas, uh, Frisco, Texas, and uh, I am sort of self-isolating. I have a friend that we kind of go back and forth from each other's houses, but uh, we're staying safe, and um, but allowing life to move forward as well. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you taking some time to chat with us today. When we read your, your background, and I saw, you know, here's a guy that, that is used to talking to uh, athletes, um, uh, you know, and, and as a specialist on, on sports psychology and really changing the way you do what you do, there is some mental gamesmanship. Now, I, you know, I don't want to downplay this. This is serious stuff. We're not playing games here, but certainly you have to wrap your head around a whole different way to do things, much as athletes have to wrap their heads around achieving their goals in, uh, you know, successively higher levels of competition. So how, how did you get into, into mental training and sports psychology? First of all, tell me a little bit about you and, and your background. Okay. Well, you know, I was um, fortunate in a lot of ways to being a really good athlete growing up. Uh, played several different sports in high school back when you could actually do that, uh, unlike today. And um, But I never stayed with one sport. I didn't necessarily get along real well with coaches. And, you know, if things weren't going the way I wanted to, wanted them to, I would leave and I would go play another sport. Now, I always played sports. And like I said, I was pretty good. I'm six feet tall, but... By the time I was 16, I could dunk a basketball and I could run fast and, and catch things. But I couldn't stay on a, on a team. I got to uh, college, and one of, my, uh, one of the classes I was taking happened to be taught by the head football coach. And when I finally got the, uh, the guts to ask him, I said, I'd like to come play for you. And he wanted to know where I played in high school, and I said, well, I didn't. And he looked at me and he said, well, it would be tough, but you can come out for the team if you want. And um, now I know that he probably thought that, you know, the first really hard hit 
or the first really tough practice, I would quit. And for the first time, I didn't quit, and I became the number two wide receiver on a Division One football team. Nice. So naturally, that, yeah, naturally. So that's when I quit um, because I wasn't the starter. And, you know, we ran a system, a Houston Veer system, which basically means it's a, an option offense, and we didn't throw the ball very much, maybe five times a game. And so I didn't see a lot of playing time. And so I, I quit, and I actually transferred to another school. And I went in to tell the coach that I was leaving, and he was kind of, uh, well, say it mildly, he was upset because I was his number one wide receiver the next year going in, and I was walking away. And he wanted to know why. And I said, well, because I'm not good enough. You know, you're always yelling at me. I, you know, when the lights are on, I'm, I, I don't play as well. And I had all these excuses. And he said, here's what you don't understand. You're still a kid. Jake, who was the starter, is a man. You know, you're 175 pounds, like I wish I was today. Uh, <laughs> he is 200, he's 200 pounds. And we need, in our offense, you know, we needed somebody who could block downfield. But you're a better wide receiver today than Jake is as a senior. It's just not your time yet. And next year, that's coming. And then he really rubbed it in, and he said, and you saw that Jake just got drafted into the NFL. Oh, But it was already too late for me. Yeah, it was too late. So I had transferred up to another school and in the process um, also got married. And, um, and got the bug to play. And so I went to the head coach, and I said, I'd like to come out for the team. And he asked the same question, where would you play in high school? Only his answer was, when I said I didn't play, he turned around, he turned his back on me, threw up his arms and said, never mind, I'm not interested. He wouldn't listen that I just came from a D1 program. This was a D3 program. You know, this wasn't even on the map. Um, right after that, I became a physical education major because I knew that there was a better way to coach than the way I had been coached. Sure. And um, was taking a class in how to play, uh, uh, how to coach soccer. And the coach came to me and said, you know, if you worked at this, by the time you're done here, you could play for us. So I played my senior year. I played college soccer. And I played a year professionally after that. That's all my way of saying I was a pretty good athlete, but I didn't have what I now would call the, the right mental game. Um, I went off to grad school. I had a, an assistantship at the University of Denver. And I was asked to show up a couple of days early and I go in, and my uh, department chair's uh, sitting at his desk. His feet are up on the desk. He's got a phone in his ear. He says, I'll be with you in a minute, Margolis. Go talk to Bruce. And Bruce was this older gentleman uh, sitting at the back table. And by older, I mean he's, you know, at this point, he was 10 years younger than I am right now. Um, but, you know, for, for a 21-year-old, he was an old man. Oh, yeah, and sure. he, wanted, he wanted to hear my story. You know, did I play sports in high school or college? What did I want to do with my master's degree? That kind of thing. And I told him much like I told you. Only Bruce's reaction was different. He laughed at me. And I was a little taken aback by that because, you know, nobody likes to get laughed at. And 
he looked at me and he said, Mike, those things that you're missing, the, the total lack of self-confidence, the inability to handle pressure, the lack of focus, you know, and he kind of went on and on, which I don't need right now, reminding myself how, how lacking I was. But he sure. said, those are just skills, and you can learn them at any time. And so I said, so who are you? And he said, I'm Bruce. And I said, yeah, I know. I got that part. Bruce who? And he told me his last name. And at that point, the, the light bulb went off in my head because I knew that name. I'd read about this guy in Sports Illustrated. I'd seen some articles that he'd written. Today, Bruce Ogilvie is known as the father of modern sports psychology. And wow. he was one of my first mentors. Uh, the next minute, my department chair got up started walking towards the door and he said, Bruce, let's go to lunch. And Bruce said, that's a great idea. And he gets up and they just leave me sitting there like I'm this, you know, frog on a, on a uh, lily pad, just kind of sitting there not knowing what to do. And then my department chair turns around, throws his keys at me and says, you're driving. And at that point um, I was either adopted or put into involuntary servitude. I'm not quite sure which one. Is accurate. Perhaps a little of both. At this point, a little of both. And I started helping them train world-class and professional athletes at the ripe old age of 21. And that was 1977. And I've been doing this work ever since, helping people understand that it's not a developmental fault that you have if you're having trouble handling stress. It's not something wrong with your character if you don't have the confidence you'd like to have. These are just skills, and there are ways that you can help train yourself or train with me to enhance those skills so that you can become at least mentally the player that you want to be. And it works both for, you know, obviously it works for athletes. It works for business professionals that I've worked with, and it works for um, I've worked with quite a few uh, performing artists over the years. And it's how we get to that, that next level. Because when you look at it, you know, at every level, you know, we have this basically bell-shaped curve where, you know, almost everybody is equal in terms of talent. You know, there are a few outliers that are successful um, on the on the upper end, there are a few people that are successful and they don't have the skills at the lower end, but most everybody's in the same boat. So what makes the difference? And the difference is how you attend to things from a, a mental perspective. And that's obviously what we call the mental game. Our guest is Mike Margolis. He's a, uh, an author of The Athlete Within You, sports psychology consultant, uh, he's trained uh, Olympic champions, three world champions. And um, rather than talking sports, we, we thought we'd bring Mike on to the program today to talk about the psychology of getting through this unprecedented time in the world. If you'd like to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you at 516-418-5635. Uh, today's uh, Big Talker podcast brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, the United States' largest online virtual speakers bureau. And and uh, you're a guy who goes out and, and speaks to groups all the time. So let's start with that. Your entire world is changing because people are not getting together in groups now. Uh, did you have to use some of this uh, sports psychology on yourself to say, look, you know, everything's changing now and, and I've got to adapt. How did, 
How are you adapting to this new world that we all find ourselves living in? Well, it, it is a difficult time for a lot of people. Um, and we have to, each individual needs to recognize that as a first step. You know, you have to have the awareness that things are different. And, but things have changed over our lifetime already. Things have changed, but in much more subtle areas, of course. So, you know, for me, it's a time of how do I reinvent what I do? I mean, obviously, just like we're meeting on the phone right now, I see a lot of clients around the world via Skype. Um, I do have, I don't have any speaking gigs right now. I did the last one. I did a seminar um, about a month ago, and then everything kind of uh, stopped after that. Uh, but we have to find ways to do what we normally do. And we, the, the problem that I see most people having, the, the friends and, and people that I talk to under, this, uh, under what I sometimes jokingly call the apocalypse, um, you know, we have to stay present. And most people are thinking about what is going to come around the corner. That doesn't mean that we don't plan. doesn't mean that we don't set goals for what's coming up. But, it, but that's just strategy. That's, okay, what am I going to do next week to, you know, increase my income? What am I going to do to, you know, how am I going to plan my run to the grocery store or, um, what do I need to do if I need to go get some medication or, you know, where, where there's going to be an interaction of people? That part's planning. But where people get off the rails is that they look at planning, but they keep thinking about the future from the standpoint of what's going to happen, what's my life going to be like without doing this planning. So, you know, right now, I mean, I've been reading articles this morning. This is April 1st. Uh, great April Fool's Day joke, right, on us all. No kidding. And, and you know, people are wondering about, how am I going to pay rent today, you know, if they're in an apartment, or how are they going to pay their mortgage thing? Well, you know, you've got to, obviously you have to plan and you have to work that out. But you can't get so obsessed and stressed by what's going to happen in a month when we don't know what's going to happen in a month. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in two months. And this is where people go, you know, they go down that rabbit hole. Um, I've got some friends that uh, one friend does some, um, some work with people in their homes. And they got a, a call from or they got a, a message from one of their clients that says, yeah, but I, I'm going to be a good citizen and not let you in my house. And my friend responded, I'm going to be a good citizen and earn money so that not only can I feed myself and, and my family, but also can I help support some of the people that are not so fortunate right now that, that they can't work. And that's also being a good citizen. But you have to do it, of course, as prescribed by um, the CDC in that you're, you know, you're not going to go touch people. You're not going to, you're going to keep your distance, uh, but you have to keep moving forward. And I think that for most people, 
you know, they get upset because they keep thinking about what I'm supposed to do tomorrow, and they're not even thinking about what am I doing right now. You know, people, I, I see people, I've talked to some friends, you know, they're, they're, they're watching Netflix or they're, you know, they're, they're watching movies and listening to music, but they keep thinking about, okay, by tomorrow maybe I won't have to do this. Rather than just being present and being focused on what am I doing right now, what, can, what brings me happiness right now today, now I'm going to take an hour, in a, you know, uh, later on today, and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do some goal plan, goal setting, and I'm going to think about, okay, what are some other things I can be doing to increase my income or uh, provide some service for somebody else or help somebody else, you know, and and we can plan those things out without going into this area of anxiety. But we can only do that if we stay present in the moment. And that's where things like mindfulness come in, you know, is one of the things that, that I teach people is to be present so that they don't get wound up, so they don't get drugged down this hole, so they don't, especially people that are a little bit older, you know, thinking that this is, you know, this is the end and this is not the way that they plan things out. So. Staying present, but still planning for the future. Mike Margolis, our guest today on the Big Talker podcast, the service of speakermatch.com. And uh, he is a sports psychology consultant and the author of The Athlete Within You. So, Mike, I know that you work with Olympic champions, world champions. And I wonder what it is about those folks, those really high achievers uh, that we could bring into our own lives in terms of overcoming this this global pandemic and and i realize that's a tough question because we're all in different places in this you know as people listen to this this podcast all over the country all over the world uh, you know for some folks it's business as usual their lives go on completely if you are in uh, in manhattan right now you're in a, a war zone and there are mobile morgues set up uh, outside hospitals because they can't keep up with the bodies. And, and of course, there are lots of folks who are, are caring for loved ones that have COVID-19. They're, you know, it, it's across the board. But are there things that you have witnessed that you've seen in, in these Olympic champions, these world champions that sort of get them to that level to help them overcome obstacles that maybe we could use as lessons to help us get through this obstacle that we see in front of us today? Well, the, the champion athletes that I've worked with over the last 40 plus years, you know, it's not like they have something, you know, that they're all in common. I mean, obviously, they're all good athletes. Um, they're all very driven. They're all very motivated. They all have a very high sense of confidence. Um, and they tend to handle stress very well. Now, a lot of them that I've worked with recognize that they're up against that edge of the envelope when, when we start to work together because they certainly know that it's the mental game that's going to take them over, you know, over to that Olympic gold medal or, or a Super Bowl or a championship. Um, but the one thing, you know, so they may be missing little pieces, but for the most part, they're really good at being focused on what they need to do today. Um, you know, how do I do, you know, here's my, I talk to people all the time that have, 
you know, uh, a list of things that they need to get done. And, you know, they get through, you know, they get a list of 20 things and they get list, you know, they go through uh, five or six of those things and they think they had a good day. But they're the five or six things that weren't very important for getting through that day. They were just the easy things to get done or the things they enjoyed getting done. What I see with athletes is that they have a really good, the, the really good ones have a really good plan. They know exactly what they're going to do. They, they, they absolutely know what, uh, in today's world with nutrition, they know what they're going to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They know what supplements they're taking. They know what their training regimen is going to be. You know, they've got all of these plans, and they don't look at life as, okay, I'm just going to float along the river and see where it takes me. And that's what a lot of us are doing right now is, okay, I'm stuck at home. I'm going to watch TV. Maybe I'll read a book. But I'm kind of lost because all I can do is float along this river. And where a champion comes in and says, okay, I'm going to stay present. I'm going to work. If I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to watch a movie and, and actually enjoy it. I'm not going to sit there, watch a movie, play a game on my phone, and talk to somebody at the same time. They're going to stay really focused on what needs to get done. And that's what champions in every, you know, in every aspect of, of life does, is they, they have the ability to stay focused and get work done that needs to get done right then and there and that's different um less successful people kind of wander here and there and they don't use those skills and that's when they get you know they pull get pulled down the the rabbit hole because now things feel like they're out of control because we can only control those things that we can control right now we cannot control this 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 deadly virus that's going around what we can control is how do we stay safe? How do we stay out of despair? You know, um, because I guess a little bit because of my age, you know, I right. have friends that are in their 60s and 70s and some in their 80s. And, you know, this is, they're retired. This is, you know, their life was one of ease and grace. And now they're, they can't, you know, they're afraid to answer the door, you know, rather than just being comfortable with, okay, we're going to be home for the next month. And I can figure out ways to get groceries. I can figure out ways to get the things that I need, but not when you're in a panic state. And that's the, you know, um, sorry for skipping like that, but, you know, uh, back uh, during World War II, um, and you've probably quoted this, already for some people, but FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Sure. And that is, I think, the, the, the real killer in this pandemic is that people get frightened and it paralyzes them and it doesn't allow them to work efficiently, doesn't allow them to be very happy. And, you know, there is a physiological response to that with higher cortisol levels with that extra stress which makes you more susceptible to the disease if the, the virus happens to be present. 
So we you know, I, I think best. you said something that's really interesting here. In in uh, by the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Mike Margolis today, who's a sports psychology consultant, author of the book The Athlete Within You, and you can visit Mike online at thementaldashgame.com. I, I thought it was fascinating. You talked about how athletes have a, a regimen. These champion athletes, these Olympians, the world champions, they have a regimen, they have a routine that they stick to. And rather than uh, the conventional wisdom of the long-term planning, you know, that you you shoot for three months, six months uh, out, and you you shoot for that in today's environment, Mike, what I'm hearing you saying is is take care of today because the future is – is unknown. Sure, you can do some some long-term planning that's flexible, but really it's all about today and, and taking care of things today and having a plan and a regimen and routine, and that's what these champion athletes have done. Yeah, I, I think the, the subtle difference is, is that, yes, you can do your planning. You can do what you need to do in order to Think about what you're going to be doing next month, what you're going to be doing in June, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but you have to be able to stay present in order to work on those action items. So if um, just by coincidence, one of the things that I'm starting to work on is, is the, the, the concept of getting back and doing podcasts again like I used to do uh, on, a, on, a, on a weekly basis. And... So, okay, that's the long-term planning. Okay, I'd like to start doing podcasts, say, in a month. Now, it's if I don't start actively planning or working on those podcasts, then what do I have in a month? Well, I'm either not going to have a very good show, not going to have any guests because I haven't done the, the things like the things that you guys do to attract people to come onto your show. Um, I'm not even going to be sure about what questions to ask. I, I, I can't just improv it. Not for me. It, for me, at sure. least I can't do that. It takes planning. You got to chunk it, it out it, in, in bits. Yeah, absolutely. Chunk it out in bits. So, you know, if I decide I'm going to do this in a month then tomorrow, you know, I'm going to take an hour and I'm going to spend, okay, what's the best way that I can do this podcast? Um, and then maybe the next day I spend an hour thinking about what guests do I want to have on. When I have that list together, then the next day or the next couple of days I start making some phone calls or have people make phone calls or start putting out things, uh, you know, into social media that I'm looking for guests. So you can plan things, but you can plan things, but you can do things. And that's one of the things that I think is really important for people right now that are sitting at home is why waste this time? Yes, I'm, I know staying at home with family can be um, a stressful event, all the more reason to practice mindfulness and, and perhaps practice relaxation skills and, and some meditations, um, that kind of thing, so that you keep you and your family sane you know, uh, there have been a lot of people that talk about what the uh, birth rate is going to look like nine months from now. I wonder more about what's the, uh, you know, if, if people don't handle themselves right, what's the divorce rate going to come out of this? You know, sure. are people going to 
Um, are they going to come together in their relationships under these kinds of under this kind of pressure, or are they going to split and separate? Is it going to splinter and become another casualty of this virus? Um, that would be a horrible thing. Uh, be a horrible thing, uh, Mike Margolis. We're almost out of time. I, I do want to make sure I have, I have the website for you as the Mental Dash Game. Dot com. Are you able to, if, if folks want to sort of wrap their heads around this and, and get some coaching from somebody who's, you know, a sports psychology consultant who's coached Olympians and world champions to get through this, are you available to do this via Skype and via telephone? Can you do it long distance from there in Dallas? Uh, oh, ab- absolutely. I work with people right now, and I've got uh, two clients in China client in Singapore, a guy in Lithuania, somebody in England. So I work with people around the world. Um, Using Skype or Zoom makes it very, very easy to to work with people uh, just like they were in my office. Love that. Mike Margolis is uh, our guest today as we wrap up this Big Talker podcast episode brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, the United States' largest online speakers bureau and if, uh, if you want to get a leg up on things, you need maybe some, some motivation. You want to make sure you don't choke under the pressure of this global pandemic. You need more confidence. I'm sure Mike could help you out. Hey, Mike, thanks for spending some time with us today. Hope you stay safe down there in Dallas. Will do. And you keep yourself and your family safe as well. Thank you so much. Hey, wherever you are, wherever you're listening today, take good care of yourself. And uh, we're going to get through this together, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Go out and make it a great day.